Odor controlling the net is empty. He throws it down and in. He scores a goal. Martin Brodeur. The hockey gods are Red Wing fans too, it appears. Unbelievable. Welcome back to another episode of Shut Your Five Hole and Listen. We are not your average hockey podcast. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Muffy. And we break things down for you just like a hockey game. We've got three periods. First period, we tell you news, hawk gas, all the things going around the NHL and the greater world of the sport of hockey. Period two. We break down some of the rules for you so you can go to a game and actually know what's going on. And period three, anything goes. That's where we talk about anything that is hockey related. And uh, I think we have a fun one for you tonight. I think so, too. So why don't we dive right into our first period and start talking about some hockey news. We just completed the NHL All-Star Weekend, and there was a lot that went into that. There was. First off, I was somehow I missed the memo that it was three over the course of three days. And I completely missed that there were festivities on Thursday evening. <laughs> yes. Yes. They did the um, all star draft and the three on three PWHL showcase on Thursday night. So why don't we talk about how things kicked off with the draft and how this was a little bit different from past years where we had Eats Me East West? Yeah. So first off, they had four celebrity coaches, mm-hmm. which was who were so excited to be there. They were so pumped. It was kind of fun because they were just definitely like fans. And even though they're celebrities, they were still like geeking out about it. Yeah, they did a good job selecting celebrities who are true hockey fans, like Justin Bieber and Michael Bublé. Uh, Will Arnett was the other one, and I can never remember the fourth one. Why can't I remember her name? Tate McRae. There we go. She's very important. (laughs) She did do a great performance during the All-Star Game. They all were like giddy little kids, and I Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. So how the the draft worked were the – Basically, the players, the captains of each of the four teams drafted the other all-stars to be on their team. So you got a mix Mm -hmm. East and West Coast players on the same team. You got guys that probably would have either never been playing together just because they wanted to stack their team. It was almost like a fantasy draft for the players. And then you had guys that honestly, they just picked their friends. And I kind of loved that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what I found interesting is this is not the first time the NHL has done a all-star draft format. It happened in 2011, 2012, and 2015. And I know I watched those all-star games, but I cannot remember that happening for the life of me. I didn't either. But here we are. It happened again. I do think it made for an interesting mix come game time on Sunday or games Mm -hmm. time. That was fun. Were there any surprises with that for you? Yes. Who was it that picked a goaltender first? One of the guys picked a goaltender first, and I thought that was very interesting. That is an interesting. What? It's the backbone of your defense. 
It is. It is. And Nikita Kucherov went first in the draft. So, well, yay, Cooch. And we'll get to it in the skills <laughs> part of it. But, like, I mean, honestly, I'd pick Nikita Kucherov first. <laughs> and not just because he's a lightning player. He is on fire this season. It's true. It's true. But can we talk about my favorite part of Thursday? Of course we can, because following the draft, we had the PWHL 3-on-3 showcase. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. I was a little disappointed Mm -hmm. they only got to play 20 minutes. I thought that was a little lame, but I get it because it was a long television broadcast. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was a great introduction to this new professional women's hockey league to a lot of people who probably did not tune in up until that point. Yeah. And they got to see good hockey and they got to see these women do their thing. Yes. It was very exciting. It was a high scoring game. We had a hat trick in it. Ella Shelton scored the first goal of the showcase and she also scored the very first goal in the PWHL. So that was kind of fun. That was fun. I think even though this is an all-star game and they I thought it was cool that the Lee, the PWHL also picked arguably their all-stars to play in mm-hmm. this showcase. Even though it wasn't as rough as some of the PWHL regular games are, it did show audiences that this is a version of women's hockey they haven't seen before. Yeah. They're not really playing by international women's hockey rules that you know of. This is a league that is closer to the NHL than I think people realized. And I thought that was, I thought that was cool. It is. And you also have to take into account that when the NHL All-Stars are playing in the All-Star game, they're not playing up to the level of a traditional game either. You're not hitting and things like that. So it's, you've got to look at it the same way with the Women's League. But I, I think they were scrappier than I think anyone thought they would be. And it, and it mm-hmm. proved that these women can play on the same ice work as hard, play as hard, score a lot of goals, and do their thing. And I did appreciate that the refs still had their purple armbands. Yes, yes. And the purple jerseys that they yeah. wore for this were on point. There's, I actually like theirs better than the weird 90s thing that the NHL jerseys had going on. <laughs> oh, my God. The NHL All-Star jerseys were hideous this year. They were not cute. So bad. Not cute. I also... Enjoyed uh, an interview with Sarah Nurse after the fact when she was talking about how, to a degree, they're used to young girls looking up to them. They're used to young girls coming up to them, asking for autographs, asking for photos. But it really took her by surprise how many little boys were just as enthusiastic to meet them, were just as excited to get their autograph and how many grown men wanted to take photographs with them and get their autographs. And I just think it's a great thing for the sport. I also just think it's great that kids of all genders will grow up knowing that there's a place for them in a professional hockey setting. Yes. Everyone can be a professional hockey player. Yeah. I really liked that too. I thought that was really cool. Should we talk about day two? Yes. Let's move on to the skills competition. Is usually my favorite part. And it was still my favorite part. But the rule that we did it differently. And there were things mm-hmm. I had some some qualms about. Okay. 
Let's hear them because I I thought it was well done this year compared to last year. So I want to I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so I did think it was well done. I do think for the most part, the dudes brought their A game to it. For those of you who may not have watched it or didn't know it's different, it was different this year that the first 12 players that they announced going to the all-star competition were the ones who would be participating in the skills competition and vying for a million dollars. So they all had to participate in all but I think one or two of the competitions. They got Mm -hmm. points based on their effort, performance, whatever performance, like whatever the skill whatever was, the skill yeah. was. And then there was like a not they based on points, then it was a knockout round, and not everyone got to do every skill. And whoever had the most points at the end won a million dollars. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, or if you've been sleeping under a rock on hockey news, Connor McDavid won. What I didn't like about it was in the past Everyone was eligible for the skills competition, and you might see guys that were all-stars on the team in general participating in some of the skills. So I think there might have been guys who might have been better in certain skills like fastest skater or hardest shot that didn't get to participate because they weren't the top 12 picked. So I was a little disappointed I didn't get to see everybody, and you didn't get to see as much goaltending and the goalies, they did get $100,000, whoever had the best goal save average, which was sort of lame. <laughs> Comparatively. I, I get your point there with that it wasn't spread equally across the players. But I do also remember from when you and I went to the All-Star Game in 2018 here in Tampa that that skills competition did get long after a while. It did. It did. It needed some refreshing. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. My one issue with the skills competition is it felt very rigged because, as you mentioned, Connor McDavid won. Connor McDavid also had a hand in revamping the skills competition and creating it to be what it is. <laughs> so to me, that was the issue I had because it was like he knew what the skills competition was. Of course, he's going to win that. Yes, that is true. I will say I still enjoyed it the most i thought it was fun i I still enjoyed it better than i liked the actual games though this year i did enjoy the games more than i have in a while well before we move on to that we have to talk about the other end of the spectrum from Connor mcdavid oh yeah it was nikita kucherov. Nikita kucherov yeah yeah the, I, we can't miss the nikita kucherov of it all so basically nikita kucherov didn't care not one bit got booed because he was not performing at his highest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hardly participated in the skills competition. He just, he walked right through it. I honestly was having flashbacks to Disney on Ice, Russian skaters not wanting to participate in media day or getting their headshot <laughs> taken. It was so Nikita Kucherov. Like, it was, oh my God, totally Nikita Kucherov. Totally expected. Did we not think that if this wasn't a high stakes hockey situation, that Nikita Kucherov was going to give it his all? Right. And I've heard or I saw on Facebook or Instagram somewhere, and it was definitely clickbait. It was not like a legitimate news source. So I don't know if this is true or not. 
But supposedly the NHL wants to like fine him for not participating because That's like stupid. this was a poor representation of the league and everything, which I just find hysterical. Again, don't know if it's true because yeah. it was a total clickbait type website. It's a little bit of hot goss. <laughs> it's a little hot goss. What I think is funny about that when too when you're watching it, I think the first skill he was in, I think he started to try. And then I think when it became apparent he wasn't going to win and that this didn't matter, he just stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's cooch. It's cooch. It's what you get. It's what you get with cooch. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the games themselves. So as we mentioned, these were divided up with a celebrity coach and team captains the first game was team mcdavid versus team mckinnon it was a pretty high scoring game for the 20 minutes that they played and there were two goals in the final 30 seconds yeah there was a lot of really quick succession goals in uh, over the course of these games and what i thought was great about it was because of the draft and because of how it was mixed up. They really looked like they were having fun. You know, and it looked like this was a game they actually wanted to participate in and not something they were being forced to do. It's true. And the game went into a shootout. It was tied 3-3 at the end of the 20-minute period. And this was, I believe, the first shootout we've seen in an All-Star game, or it's been a long time since we've seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's first one I remember, but that means nothing. Right, because I can hardly remember anything from any other All-Star game. Accurate, accurate. (laughs) And what happened in game number two? (laughs) Game number two also went to a shootout. Yeah. So that's interesting. But that was Team Hughes versus Team Matthews. And this is the one where we got to see Justin Bieber looking absolutely, yes, like totally going crazy. And we have to talk about his coat because it was giving off major Harry Styles vibes. And I didn't feel like Justin could totally pull that off. That's fair. I would agree. The coat felt more Harry Styles than the Biebs. But I will also say this is probably the first time I've ever watched Justin Bieber and go, I don't hate you. So, (laughs) but the coat was not on brand. No, (laughs) but you know what? Whatever. It's the all-star game. He was having fun. They were all having fun. Yeah. Can we sidebar into my favorite celebrity moment? Sure. Oh, my God. Press conference, Michael Buble. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Buble is at a press – is doing the presser for the NHL All-Star game, and he tells everybody that he did what he thought was a microdose of mushrooms, and it really wasn't a microdose of mushrooms. And he is – very high during this, and he's just going he on. Was high AF. It was so funny because he's like fangirling while he's on literally on another planet. He admitted he thought he was in the movie Blades of Glory and then realized he was at the NHL All-Star game and his mind exploded. I am going to be watching anytime I'm down feeling down, I am watching this clip. Just saying. We will share the clip on our Instagram. It's, it's so Don't good. Don't you worry. Anyway. It's so good. Back to the final game. What happened in the final game? <laughs> the final game was between Team Matthews and Team McDavid. Shocker, right? 
the two NHL golden boys, it seems. Really does. Another extremely high scoring game with a final score mm-hmm. of seven to four with Team Matthews winning. And there were three goals in 18 seconds. That has to be a record. We will look that up and maybe we'll pop it into the next time and or anything goes. We do wild NHL records. But watching it at home, I almost one, I had to rewind because you know, you're watching a game. Sometimes you get up, you do things. I get up, I go to the kitchen and get a glass of water. I come back and three goals have been scored. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what happened. This is like, crazy. That's nuts. Crazy. I think this all-star game, this all-star weekend did what it was supposed to do in terms of getting people excited, getting people seeing the top players even the broadcasters were like this feels different they were saying it was because they were in canada and they were in toronto and i'm like that's bs i think there was just good vibes around it but of course everyone felt great about it and now we're not gonna have an all-star game for a while yes yes (laughs) i found it interesting that they revamped the whole all-star weekend and then during the all-star weekend announced they weren't bringing it back that next year they'll have an international tournament and then the following year We'll get into this topic later, but there will be an Olympic break. Yeah. So I don't know. That was weird. I'm like, why go through the effort then? And you did a good job. They did what they needed to do. It was so bizarre. Yeah. But when we get into our later topics, we will chat about how the NHL makes decisions or Gary Bettman makes decisions. And then (laughs) a few years later, we rescind those or we go back on it. So all in all, 10 out of 10. All-Star game. It it was a good experience. It was fun. I still think PWHL three on three was my favorite moment, but I might be biased. Well, we love our women's hockey. It's so good. It's so fun. Okay. So we're going to take a hard pivot here to something that's (laughs) less. Not nearly as fun. Not nearly as fun. And we're just going to. Call it out right now. This is a little bit of a trigger warning for anyone who might have some feelings and some things with sexual assault. We are going to be talking about that. We'll put in the notes when you can jump ahead. There's a story we've been following really closely. And time to give you an update on the Canadian hockey scandal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back in 2018, members of Hockey Canada, the World Juniors team, uh, were accused of sexual assault. And fast forward to now, five of those players are being charged. Yeah. And we'll also put this in the show notes. The CBC out of Canada has a really great article breaking down exactly everything that's going on, everything that they knew as of February 5th. But the five players that have been requested to turn themselves in at the London, Ontario police have all done so. Those players are Michael McLeod and Cal Foote of the New Jersey Devils, Dylan Dubay of the Calgary Flames, Carter Hart of the Philadelphia Flyers, and a former NHLer, Alex, I think you say that, Fermenton? Fermenton? It's good a guess of any. They all reported they turned themselves in. It's an ongoing situation, and we have Mm -hmm. to stress that this is all alleged. None of them have been convicted of anything. They are still, you know, they are innocent until they are proven guilty. We're still getting all of the facts. But this article 
does a really great job of answering a lot of questions I think we all had. Namely, are they going to be tried together? And while that's still a possibility, it says that is becoming increasingly rare for them to avoid multiple trials in this case. There was an extra charge for McLeod that is being party to, which this article goes on to say how that means it's aiding or encouraging a principal offense. So what does that mean? That means that there could be an instance where four of these guys get acqui- they all get acquitted of the primary sexual assault and McLeod could still get convicted on this being a party to. What I don't understand in this, I, this article doesn't go into it. I don't know if you've seen it anywhere else. Why he was the only one who had this extra charge. I have not seen it anywhere else. And I did watch the press conference from the police chief um, with the London police. And they did not divulge into that either. Simply put that he had the extra charge. So I don't know what kind of evidence they have that will come out in the courts that led them to an extra charge for one versus all. Well, and it also sounds like this charge was added on so they could possibly get him on something that's lower. But what I'm not understanding, and I guess this will come out in the trial, is how only one of them could have been a party to if they are all in this together ostensibly. So we'll we'll find that out. The article also goes into jury trial or judge alone. You you can read that on your own. But I think the other thing that fans are most curious about is their will these players still be under contract from their teams? I right Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that was top of mind for me because this article mentions it could that criminal trials should happen within 30 months. That is over two years. Yeah. That's a long time. And again, we've said innocent until proven guilty. But what does that mean for their careers? And they're all on paid leave. So are you, mm-hmm. are they going to be paid for 30 months, potentially, without doing anything? And not just for them, then how does that affect the salary caps of their team? Like, it's all... That's a, a great point. There's a lot of things that go into this. But then, again, not to always bring this back to what the hell happened with Corey Perry. <laughs> the other thing that was said during the NHL's press conference when this came up, the All-Star game, was that, again, they're collecting the facts. and the, But the last thing they want to do is fire or terminate a player. Again, back to our hawk gas. What did Corey Perry do? Because it wasn't this. And he got fired. I'm dying yeah. to know. Or maybe I, I really know. don't want to know because I don't want to hate Corey Perry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but but it wasn't this and it wasn't illegal. So I'm just I don't understand how that could happen, I guess. And then right. these guys could still be on paid leave. Yeah, that it's it's weird. It's interesting. Uh huh. Uh huh. So you watch the press conference. Mm hmm. I didn't get a chance to. What what happened that stood out from there? Because I heard there was a little bit of controversy. <laughs> so we didn't learn too much more from the press conference that we didn't already know. We've heard the formal charges, but pretty much everything else they were asked was about, uh, they basically said, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't comment on that yet. But the one thing, and this is that controversial moment you are hinting at, 
is the police chief was doing a great job mediating things. And then all of a sudden, he takes a left turn and talks about how the reason there is increased sexual assault is because of the way media is sexualizing women and young girls. So it's her fault is what he's saying? (laughs) He didn't say that in so many words, (laughs) but it was very like, he's like, you know, when you have half naked women in music videos and this and that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If I want to post a picture of myself in a bikini on Instagram, I should be able to do that without fear of being raped. Yeah. And we should also be teaching our young boys and men about being respectful and you can love the female form without assaulting it. So that wild took a little bit of a left turn because like i said for the rest of the press conference it was pretty much your standard police press conference and then he said that cool not great that's not great but again we will follow this i i am heartened to see that for the most part fan comments have been we don't know what happened yet let's find out the facts but if these guys did this they don't deserve to be in the nhl Which is heartening to see. It does go to show you that even though it's small progress, progress has been made in attitudes because I don't even think five years ago, really, that would have been the attitude of what's happening here. I think it would just, you know, be a lot more victim blaming. We saw that a few years ago with the whole Ian Cole thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that was less than five (laughs) years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice to see. Anyway. Shall we put that to rest until we get more updates? (laughs) I think so. And I think we should talk about the NHL players being allowed to go to the Olympics in 2026. Yes. So we alluded to this before, but, you know, sometimes Gary makes decision and then changes it. So the NHL players have not been allowed to play in the Olympics since during COVID. Originally, they were going to be allowed to go, but covid and Mm -hmm. that shifted the olympics by a year yeah and the nhl decided it was more important to have an nhl season than risk the players getting covid which a lot of them were very upset about because some of them this that would be their last chance so the nhl is returning to the winter olympics in milan in 2026 and they have also confirmed that they will compete in the 2030 olympics which is interesting that they only confirmed those two years because that makes me think, oh, maybe we'll revisit this again. It's possible. But let's also go with, do we think Gary Bettman's still going to be the commissioner in 2030? Because that would be a long ass time. He's already the longest running commissioner of a sports league. I don't know. How old is he? I mean, Lou Lamarillo is still doing things and he's like, I didn't mean he was going to be dead. I just no, I know (laughs) that I meant like retire. (laughs) But then I even like answered my own question. It was like Lou Lamarillo is 900 years old and he's still working in hockey. So maybe Gary will also he is a very wee man. We ran into him in a hallway at one of the lightning playoff games, he is not much taller than me. I am four foot eleven. He was nice to us, but why wouldn't he be? 
but literally opened up a door and almost walked into Gary Bettman. What is happening in my life? But <laughs> I'm excited for the players. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for the Olympics because you want your elite players yeah. to be there. We're going to see a lot of that best on best now. You know, it's going to be mm-hmm. cool for those countries that might not have a ton of NHLers have their hometown guys be on their team to like really yeah. elevate them. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great. And hockey, I think, is definitely a sport now that it's not just Canadians. We could see there could be yes. a lot of upsets if the World Juniors taught us anything this year. Right. <laughs> it should definitely be exciting to watch. And I'm glad we will get to see um, many of those players back in an Olympic game. So that rounds out. Period one. We'll be back in just a bit. And we are back for period two, where we teach you things about the game, like rules and such. But I think you have something special for us today. Yes. So when you and I were at the New Year's Eve game, it got me thinking, like that was kind of a special occasion. There were probably a lot of people there who were not hockey regulars. Maybe it was their first game. Because I noticed how many people were trying to get to their seats when the puck was in play and the ushers had to stop them. And it got me thinking, we should tell our listeners about some fan etiquette and what you should and shouldn't do at a hockey game. Yeah, because the fans really do impact the the experience of a game. Yes. So um, the first thing is when the puck is in play on the ice, stay in your seats. If you've left your seat when the puck is not in play and the puck starts being in play again, you're going to have to wait to return to your seat. Yeah, and please don't be mean to the ushers if they ask you to not move. Right? Don't be rude. They're usually old people. And you're disrupting the fans' viewing experience. You're also, depending on where you're sitting, putting yourself at risk of getting hit in the face with a puck because they do go over the glass. Yeah. That would be bad. You don't want to go to a hockey game and get hit in the face. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. What other things? One of the other things is, you know, again, along the lines of don't get hit in the face with a puck – When the game is actually taking place, pay attention to it. You're there to enjoy the sport. And it's the greatest professional sport. Watch it. Don't be looking at your phone, scrolling through Instagram. Like, watch what you came to see. Again, so you don't get hit in the face with a puck. Yeah, and, you know, live in the moment. Be a little more present. My only caveat to that is... If there is a commercial or there is something going on where they did not show you the replay in the arena, you are allowed to scroll to find it. But you only have like 30 seconds. But generally, put your phone down. Put your phone down. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I want to mention is I'm going to turn it over to you for this. But wear your fan apparel. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. Support your team. Mm -hmm. Show up in their colors. Be careful about what you wear. Don't block people's views or have a outfit that takes up two seats. And Stephanie, I know you have experienced this firsthand. Are you referring to the lady with the giant wig? Uh-huh. Oh, my. 
Okay, so guys, this lady, she sits in front of us. She's like three rows in front of us and to the left. So not directly in front of us, but for the longest time, she kept showing up to Lightning Games in the gigantic blue Marge Simpsons wig that had like golf ball sized lights in it. So not only were you obstructing views, you could possibly be giving someone a seizure because it's flashing. And this went on for probably the first three rounds of the playoffs in their last Stanley Cup run, the Lightning's last Stanley Cup run, before finally they were like, lady, you can't wear that anymore. I mean, maybe that's the reason why they lost the cup because she took off the wig, but it was highly intrusive and it's really rude. You can wear hats. You can even wear like a toque with a poof, but like (laughs) be aware of your surroundings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't block people from seeing the game. They want to watch the game too. No. Don't block them. Yes. Also, be respectful of the players. Mm. If you are sitting in the first, you know, row where you can tap on the glass, like, I just think of that as like tapping on a fishbowl. I know many of the players can like tune it out and zone in on the game, but I still think it's obnoxious to do so. You'll see plenty of people do it. And then add another level to if you start doing it on the penalty box. Oh, yeah. you could. To an opposing team. Mm-mm-mm-mm. If they're uh, to an opposing team's player, if they're fired up enough, they will chirp back. They might even try to punch you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're very tall to begin with. And then when they stand on the bench with their skates on, they're even taller. They can reach over that glass. They can punch you. Mm-hmm. It could happen. It could. Just don't it do could. it. Yes. Can I add one more? Of course. Don't throw anything on the ice that isn't a hat during a hat trick. Unless you are in (laughs) certain teams, in certain locations, where it is culturally appropriate to throw aquatic creatures on the ice. I appreciate that you highlight the tradition there. (laughs) Yeah. If it is outside of these scenarios... Don't throw anything, specifically plastic, beer, yeah. yeah, cans. Like, don't do it. It's disruptive. You could get hurt. You could hurt a player. And they might take away your fun toys during the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning fans. And not even that. They make this announcement, and I have only seen it happen one time. They will actually, or they can, give the home team a penalty. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yes. If you throw things on the ice, it can result in a penalty to the home team. Wild. So don't do right? it. Don't do it. And the it. only time I have seen this happen is in an AHL game with the Grand Rapids Griffins. And it actually ended up costing the Griffins the game. Because the opposing team scored on the power play and pushed it into overtime, and then the Griffins lost in overtime. That's nuts. Don't do it. Don't throw things. Stop it. Yes. Yeah. Good segment. I like that. You know what? Y'all, if you, like, think of things, send them to us, and we'll do another segment of fan etiquette. Tell us the things that you've encountered at a hockey game that you wish other fans knew not to do. Or Mm -hmm. really cool things that happen at your home arenas that you think other people should do that make the fan experience better. I like it. I like it. 
All right. We'll be right back with period three. So we are back for period three, where anything goes. And I thought that since we were talking about the All-Star game, we should talk about the first ever NHL All-Star game. I think that's a very fun topic. So the first NHL All-Star game took place in 1947. It took place in Toronto at Maple Leaf Garden. And of course it did. Of course it did. And the game had a format that I actually think if and when the NHL brings the All-Star game back, they should bring back. The Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup the year before. So at the All-Star game in 1947, the Stanley Cup winning Toronto Maple Leafs played an opposing team of all All-Stars. Isn't that cool? That's a very cool concept. It's cool. And apparently they did this until 1968. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's kind of fun because it's like this was the best team in the league last year. Yeah. So now you have them pit against stars from all the other teams. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's super cool. I would purchase a ticket to that. I would fly somewhere to go see that. <laughs> like, and you know we're not above flying to a hockey game. It is true. We're doing it soon. So in 1947, actually 1943, is when the Players Committee, which is the precursor to the Players Association, requested that there be an all-star charity game. Two cities vied for the opportunity to host the game, and that was Toronto and Chicago. So... NHL themes here run deep. And of course, we pick Toronto because we mm-hmm. always want the Maple Leafs to win a Stanley Cup. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's we always want them to win a Stanley Cup, but we always like to put them forefront for anything NHL related. They, I don't know necessarily if it's like to win a cup true, or if we just want to be true. like, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, yes, yes. That is true. It's like here we are Toronto. We are the homeland of hockey, please love us. We are Toronto. That's my Toronto rant. But so Chicago <laughs> lost out and they hosted the second game in 1948. So because this was a charity game, they decided that the money would go to the players' emergency fund. So this was to help players when they left with disabilities, pension, all that stuff to help players have some assistance after they leave this also was when the league agreed to set up something where that players from every team every year would have a portion of their pay come out of it almost like union dues to go to this fund and that 25 cents from every playoff ticket would go to this fund as well as two-thirds of the all-star game proceeds would go into the fund so very different than giving away a million dollars to get your elite athletes to give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, but this was still an all-star game. There was a weekend of festivities, but this was all about the players. They took them to a football game. They had a big dinner at the Royal York Hotel. They were given miniature engraved gold hockey pucks. They got different, you know, gifts from... All sorts of companies like coats and hats and, you know, it's (laughs) smoking time. So lighters and cigarette boxes. 
fancy 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 and the maple leaves gave some extra were given some extra gifts because they're the stanley cup winners including some fancy gold cufflinks mm. um from the ontario government and then they were also given a con smite who you know now has a trophy named after him but was <laughs> at the time the owner of the leaves and was integral in building the maple leaves garden a lifetime pass to the games so i don't great if you're a maple leafs fan <laughs> sure i mean if they were going to the leafs players let's hope you're gonna root for the maple leafs let's for, hope let's know, hope the rest of your life you know but and unlike today's game they really played like this was not like oh i don't want to get hurt for the rest of the season oh. and it was a full game right it was, it was a, a full 60 game minute three, three period periods. game so and it was a close game so the final score was the All-Stars 4 and the Toronto Maple Leafs 3, but the All-Stars actually had to come from behind to win. So that's why I think this Stanley Cup team mm-hmm. situation could be fun. Very fun. And the All-Stars had these red sweaters with a white star across the chest um, and had the NHL shield in red. They had blue stripes running down the sleeves. And this would be the uniform that they used through the 1955 All-Star Game, so they didn't change the design. <laughs> Here's my thing with that. I hope it was a good design, because when you look back at the All-Star jerseys that we've had in recent years, yeah, they're pretty ugly. That's true. Like, last year's, like, the 90s with the, the pink and the teal neon, loved those. Yeah. This year's that looked like Kraft Mac and Cheese. They did look like Kraft Mac and Cheese. You went from Miami Vice to Kraft Mac and Cheese. That is the perfect analogy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's cool. But just like the All-Star Games now, you're playing with people that you're not usually playing with. But since they were playing to win, they paired people together that, that, like, they actually thought would, like, score goals so my mm-hmm. favorite story from this was that Rocket Richard was placed on a line with Ted Lindsay. And if you know your hockey history, they hated each other. <laughs> like, hated. Hated. And apparently, they didn't fight, which is shocking. But they didn't talk <laughs> the entire time. They did not share a word. They played on the same line. They got the W, but they didn't talk. <laughs> well, the coach may be taking a page out of, like getting toddlers to get along yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know you put the two of them in a room together and make them work it out <laughs> <laughs> they won the game they did win the game and there were a surprising amount of penalties in the game including some majors for fighting oh. well i actually think the fighting was involved with someone took a stick and was like swinging it around so you know when we're like your stick is a weapon your stick is, is a weapon <laughs> it is <laughs> and muffy your favorite King Clancy made an appearance as the referee. Uh, King Clancy. I really thought that was the name of the trophy. For <laughs> I was so sure of it in that episode, and I was so wrong. It also makes me think of the How I Met Your Mother episode called Old King Clancy. <laughs> I don't think I know that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's apparently a Canadian sex act. Oh. I didn't <laughs> yes, know. The, old, the old King Clancy. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> It involves maple syrup. Oh, my. So (laughs) sticky. (laughs) Wow. Another fun King Clancy fact is his great-granddaughter, Laura Stacy, played in the PWHL three-on-three all-star game. 
That's pretty cool. So not a sex act. <laughs> no. <laughs> but still cool. That was the 1947 <laughs> first all-star game. Well, I am on board with bringing this format back. Right? And I would, yeah, I think it would have been very fun to see the Vegas Golden Knights go up against the All-Stars. Yeah, it'd be cool. But I also would like to know, and I don't know if you know this or if it says it anywhere in the research you did, was it the... 1947 Toronto Maple Leafs team, or was it the ninth, the what previous one who actually won the cup? Did they bring those players back in? That I don't know. I assumed that it was whoever was on the team at the time. Uh huh. But with so few teams back then, and I think they stayed on teams longer. They probably even if probably wasn't true. a lot. The other thing that I found fascinating was that between the two teams, everyone was Canadian except one guy, and it was one of the <laughs> goaltenders on the all-star team. Oh, you know. <laughs> Canada man. <laughs> so, yeah. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. As we said from the World Juniors. As we've said from the World Juniors. And in case anyone out there is still... Not sure of the Hughes brothers are American. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they are. So, so that that wraps that up. Muffy, where can the people find us? Well, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and Pinterest. Just search for Five Hole Podcast or Five Hole underscore Pod on Twitter. You can also send us an email at shutyourfiveholepodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Yes. So please rate, review, and subscribe. The reviews and um, the sharing, it really helps people find us, especially as an independent podcast. We rely on our listeners to help spread the word. So please do that rating, reviewing, subscribing. And with that. And if you subscribe, You'll know when we have new episodes dropping True. so that when I forget to post them on social, you are already in the know of what happened. Exactly. So, you know, do it. What are you and waiting for? We'll talk for? to you next time. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.